This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk and what a week this is. Listen, there's nothing better is there, than Fight Week. There's nothing better than the build-up towards a massive event. And let's be honest, this weekend we see a massive event hit the O2 Arena in London when one of our own, Tony Bellew, uh, steps back into the lion's den to face David Hay, who Bellew once again this week recognised as the most dangerous four-round fighter in all of boxing. Obviously, Bellew there referring to David Hay's incredible knockout record. Yes, he may not be the David Hay that unified the cruiserweight division. He may not be the David Hay that uh, beat beat Nikolai Valoev, the big giant Russian to become world heavyweight champion or the guy who defended against John Ruiz. Um, we've, he, he may well be the David Hay that's more suitable to life in the jungle these days, but regardless of that, he's still an absolutely dangerous threat. And for four to five rounds on Saturday night, David Hay is as dangerous, or in, in Bellew's opinion, as I say, even more dangerous than the likes of Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder just because he knows himself He's not got it in the tank to do 12 rounds these days. Hell, you, Bellew returns. He returns for the reason. We're going to find out later in the show. We're going to speak to Tony Bell. You're going to find out later in the show why he's returning, why he's rematching David Hay, why he's given David Hay this opportunity to, to claim revenge rather than repeat, which was the, the big thing being spouted about at the press conference in Liverpool on Monday. We're going to catch up with Dave Caldwell later in the show as well, Tony Bellew's head coach. We want to get Dave's take on, first and foremost, the outbursts that went on on Monday night. Anyone that has already seen it on social media will know that Ismail Salas, rather um, out of character for the respected veteran Cuban coach, he, he had a bit of an outburst. Dave Caldwell's got a bit of a theory as to why he was quite outspoken and why uh, he was telling Tony Bellew to shut up and he was he was kind of uh, getting the Liverpool fans who, who were packed inside the BT Convention Centre to kind of voice their disapproval with him um, to overshadow potentially David Hay. We're going to get Dave Caldwell's take on that a little bit later in the show. Uh, and also, obviously, we want to hear from David Hay himself. Uh, managed to get a couple of minutes with him, uh, with with the rest of the media pack yesterday, and and we'll find out what why he's going back in with Tony Bellew and, and where and why he he thinks he can improve on um, the defeat that he suffered to Bellew last year, um, and obviously why he's going back in again. Again, we'll hear from Tony Bellew later on. Bellew again has got his own theories on that too, and it's all about money and celebrity. Rather than actual boxing, he, he claims that that David Hay only has to make a phone call and he could fight Deontay Wilder for the world title. More from all those guys coming up, but first and foremost, I want to try and build a little bit of uh, build a little bit of atmosphere about the show because sometimes we're, we're spoiled right now, aren't we, with, with boxing, especially from this fine city, especially from Merseyside. We've got boxers fighting for world titles and then massive fights left, right and centre. And then, of course, the UFC comes to Liverpool on May 27 with a phenomenal show topped by our own Darren Till. We are spoilt right now and it does feel a little bit like it's one event after the other every other weekend. and We don't really get a chance to, to sit back and to, and to take in the gravitas of the situation sometimes. Obviously, a little bit of news this week as well. I want to get that out of the way first and foremost. Unfortunately, Liam Smith... Um, has been forced to pull out of his world title fight um, against Saddam Ali for the WBO, his old 
WBO belt. Um, that was due for New York, uh, unfortunately. Um, Liam's had to pull out. He's got a bit of a skin infection there. So it, it kind of made sense to me, I've got to be honest. When I heard Liam had pulled out, and I was with Liam just two weeks ago and he was fine, but obviously a skin infection can come on in a matter of hours, never mind anything else. Weird that a boxer gets a skin infection, something we would probably relate more to mixed martial arts with staff and everything else with the guys on the mats, but Liam's been forced to pull out. Now, when I first heard the news, I was like, makes sense. For anyone that no- doesn't know, the fight is due to take place in New York. It's due to take place in New York State on the same night that Vasyl Lomachenko, the number one boxer in the planet in many eyes, including my own, takes on... Um, takes on Jorge Linares obviously that's a massive fight as well you know the fight is due to take place uh, in Brooklyn New York that was Beefy's fight of course on May the 12th it was going to be a bit of a double header in New York to me it made sense to push it back because you don't want to be going head to head with such a massive fight like Linares uh, versus Lomachenko but that wasn't actually the case. Liam has got an injury. Now they've brought in opponents. Team Saddam Ali have brought in Jamie Mungaya uh, as a replacement to opponents. Mungaya, people might be aware, was originally mentioned as a potential opponent for Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, a couple of weeks' time, but the Nevada State Athletic Commission knocked it back. Mungaya does get his world title chance. It will be at the expense of Beefy Smith, and it will take place on May the 12th against Saddam Ali. Hopefully, hopefully, that will not rock Liam's place as the mandatory contender uh, Mungaya obviously is more of a voluntary contender, but we won't know more until uh, until the next couple of days or certainly next week or two passes by. Back to the big fight. Um, O2 this weekend. Bellew, Hay, two. Will it be revenge? Will it be repeat? Before I go anywhere else, let's get stuck into David Hay. Let's find out what David Hay, why David Hay is going back in with Tony Bellew and why he believes it will be revenge this weekend. My boxing brain. The last time I left my boxing brain in Miami, I think, and um, I didn't bring it back to the UK. This time around, I've re-established it. Ishmael Salas has been instrumental in rewiring my brain, rewiring my body movements, rewiring, um, connecting my hands to my, my feet to my hands to my brain. He's got everything working again. Also having Ruben Tabares back on the team really makes a difference. You know, you know, sometimes, you know, I, just because I've done certain things in the past, doesn't mean that I can automatically still do them. You know, you could be, you know, you could, for instance, you, you could juggle one one day, so you can juggle. Don't you don't juggle for 20 years, you forget how to juggle. So you need to sharpen your tools, constantly make sure that whatever uh, the tool set you have that's been affected over the years, those tools are sharp. And this time around, you know, I've been sharpening my tools behind the scenes, you know, with Ishmael Salas, you know, sort of re reinventing some of the things that I've been very good at in the past that kind of forgotten forgotten I did and just didn't do for some strange reason but you're going to see you're going to see something very very special how emotionally charged are you for, are you for this fight I'm you know this this is it for me you know I there's, there's no tomorrow there's no uh, May 6th you know this is it you know I have to perform and have to perform at my best but I, I, I have that same feeling going into all my fights against Derek Chisora against Klitschko against Valua if I don't perform to my best I get knocked out I lose that that's how it works that's how it's been with me being a small guy in the fight this time around not so much it's not so much I'm very afraid of getting knocked out it's just losing because if I lose this fight against the cruiserweight I've got no business uh, carrying on in the heavyweight division David seconds out um, just wanted to ask you've given Ishmael Salas a lot of credit for mm. the better shape you're in this time around what? It's a meant. It's the. It's the. Um, Ishmael Salas has sort of brought out a lot of the things I used to do more. 
Um, he's he's uh, spent a lot of times just on my legs. You know, a lot of a lot of coaches just focus on the punches. They go, okay, throw double jab, right hand, left hook, work on combinations. We worked for months on my legs, just my connection between my brain and my legs, you know, making sure that, you know, the dexterity is there, making sure that the movement's there, my hips. Were, there's so much stuff we've worked on, and I feel so much better now. I feel, I feel like, you know, my old self. When I say my old self, I'm talking you've got to go back to 2007, 2008. That's how good I'm feeling. In the, all my heavyweight fights, there was always issues prior to it. I, was ne I never had a real smooth, a real smooth. There's always some, some issue. This time around, it's gone. It's gone very, very well. So, if if this fight doesn't go the way I'm anticipating, I'll know in my heart that that's it. It's, it's done. And do you wish you'd have been with Ishmael earlier in your career, given every, what he's every, every everything happens for a reason. I wasn't meant to be with Ishmael Salas prior to um, last year. You know, I trained with him in 2014. Really liked working with him. wanted wanted him to train me, but he was based in Las Vegas at the time. He had some commitments with other fighters. Um, so it did work out, um, but fortunately, you know, he was available when I when I asked him to to come over to the to, to London uh, last year, early last year, after the fight, and um, he did. And I've been, it's just the best thing I've ever done because I feel like you know my old self. I feel like my old self again. And at 37 years old, 37 years old, not many people. Can well, he certainly sounds super confident, and you'd expect him to. Obviously, you know, former cruiserweight champion, lineal cruiserweight champion, of the world former heavyweight champion. Um, I think David Hay refuses to accept the fact that he's he's still mentally is is very much um, marked up by the fact that he lost to Tony Bellew. I don't think in his in his wildest nightmares he ever imagined he would lose to Tony Bellew, um, but he did, and he lost convincingly. Uh, he had the perfect excuse, of course, the leg injury, which he was incredibly brave to to continue fighting with. Um, but in a lot of people's eyes, he was he was already the, the fight had already turned first time around. Anyway, the the fight was already starting to slip towards Tony Bellew, and let's not forget that when the fight did take place first time around um, last year, uh, it, Bellew did pretty much predict exactly what happened. He said David will get an injury, David will pull out of the fight, and he will ultimately quit. And while it wasn't Hay himself that quit, it was his then corner team of Shane McGuigan. Um, David Hay's got a new setup now. Again, he's with Ismael Salas, who's, who's who's dropped Jorge Linares ahead of this Lomachenko fight, which is kind of crazy. You know, he he turned around on Linares. He made Linares into one of the best fighters in the world, and yet the Cuban coach has, uh, has quite readily dropped Linares ahead of the toughest fight of his career against Lomachenko to side with David Hay. Uh, and people don't think that money is what boxing is all about. Crazy, it's a business, of course it is. Um, but back, be, before we hear from Dave Caldwell, before we hear from Tony Bell, you have got interviews with both for later in the show. I just want to talk about Paul Butler's fight with Emmanuel Rodriguez, of course. Massive fight for Paul Butler, uh, going back in for the IBF bantamweight title that he never lost in the ring. Uh, fans of Paul Butler and fight fans from this city will be all too aware that Butler actually captured the IBF Bantamweight Championship uh, back in 2000, in the summer of 2014. He, uh, he won it with a decision against Stuart Hall up in Newcastle on away soil. Um, and he looked like he was about to take over the world, the, the, the baby-faced assassin from Ellesmere Port. So for some reason, within the space of 10 months, he was advised to give that belt up and move down to super flyweight. Ultimately, um, that proved to be the wrong decision basically because uh, he ran into Zelani Tetu, who we now, knew, who now know as an incredibly formidable world champion. Uh, and Paul Butler lost his, uh, lost his unbeaten record there. That was March 2015. It's taken him 
all the way until now, May 2018. Three good years to get back into a world title class for one reason or another. It's taken them an awful long time to get back here. You better believe that Paul Butler will be firing all cylinders on Saturday night, trying to win back his IBF world title. And you know what? Trying to get into this World Boxing Super Series bantamweight tournament, which is being muted about... Fight fans are all than aware that World Boxing Super Series right now has just come to the climax of the super middleweight and the cruiserweight tournaments. Obviously, our own Callum Smith is in, in with George Groves. We're just waiting for a date on that. Latest I'm hearing is it got to be done by the first weekend in in August. Got to be done by then. And noise come out of Groves' camp is chances are they, he will be ready by late July. Uh, the cruiserweight tournaments, of course, has also been slightly delayed. But what that tournaments has done for those two weight divisions has been phenomenal it's made superstars out of certainly the cruiserweight division the guys and even at super middleweight i've never seen the, would never have seen the kind of money uh, they're going to get in that final had they just purely boxed for world titles the bantamweight division is getting the uh, the muhammad ali trophy makeover 2018 2019 the importance of paul butler retaining or sorry winning back his ibf bantamweight championship of the world cannot be overlooked not only to become world champion again but getting in that tournament and getting a ranking in the world boxing super series bantamweight tournaments is so big financially to him as a person as a sportsman and as an athlete he's got to win but this weekend boy oh boy he faces a tough fight emmanuel rodriguez uh the costa rican puerto rican sorry this guy lands in the uk this week four to one favorite against Paul Butler, who's only lost once. Absolutely incredible. Paul Butler's had 27 professional fights. He's lost once, but Emmanuel Rodriguez on some bookmakers is a 4-1 to favourite. Why, you're asking? Because he's 17-0 with 12 knockouts. The kid's got heavy hands, and he, he puts people away. And he seems like the higher he steps up, the better the opponent, the better the performance. One thing worth noting, though, is he's never fought outside of his homeland. Uh, except in America, he's had a couple of fights in America. He doesn't necessarily, well, we don't know. Does he travel well? We're going to find out this weekend. Also, in my opinion, he's never mixed in the class that Paul Butler has as well. So there's a lot going into this bantamweight co-main event on Saturday night. Obviously, huge amount of, uh, of financial rewards as well as a world title away, Paul Butler. It's going to be a tough fight. He's definitely going to start the fight as an underdog. But I've been speaking to Butler recently. I spoke to his trainer, Joe Gallagher, and these guys are confident. These guys are confident that he can avoid the bombs being thrown by Rodriguez to win comfortably on points. And Paul Butler's going to prove himself to be one of the very best bantamweights on the planet. And then we're full steam ahead into the World Boxing Super Series tournament. Listen, I hope I've whet your appetite for this event this weekend. Now I just want to get back stuck into Hay and Bellew. Coming up in part two, I've got an interview, exclusive interview with head coach Dave Caldwell. And then in three, I've saved the best to last. We're going to hear from the man himself. Got 15 minutes of just non-stop Tony Bellew talking about why he's back in with David Hay and what the future holds for them. This is Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Stick with us. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'm your host, Nick Peace. If you just join us, we're getting excited about Bellew Hay 2 at the O2 Arena this Saturday night. Coming up in the second part to the show, I've got an exclusive interview with head coach Dave Caldwell, who is licking his lips about the prospect of getting a win over David Hay. People will know that Dave Caldwell used to work for David Hay, and there was quite a lot of animosity last year when the fight first took place. David Hay said some pretty derogatory things about Dave Caldwell. So when Tony Bell, you beat him, 
There was no happier man on this planet, let me tell you, than Dave Caldwell. So I asked, I wanted to ask him, why are we going back again? Why are we going back to the well a second time? First and foremost, it was yesterday. It was after Ismail Salas blew up completely uncharacteristically uh, and had everybody in tears. So I had to start the interview by asking him, Dave, did anything surprise you today? Yeah, Ismail Salas. <laughs> What yeah, was that all about? That, that, that shocked me, that did. Um, but it shocked me, but it is what it is. It is who he is. Um, I've been saying that, you know, all the way through about David. David's got this mask on. Um, and he was, he was very uncomfortable there. He didn't bite like he did last time he was here. Um, but he's very uncomfortable. You can see him when he doesn't like people being negative to him. He wants people to be kissing his ass all the time he's always been the same he was like that when I worked at Haymaker he's like that that's that's how he is he's a bit of a control freak and he wants people to just love him and just blow smoke up his ass and doesn't like people putting it on him and you see that every time somebody has a little heckle it registers and it, you can see him just, just in his eye he's, you know when you know somebody you, see, you look in their eyes I just watch his eyes and I see how he's reacting and, and, and it eats him and it burns him and I think maybe Salas has gone a little bit to take the pressure off him yeah. so it's all about obviously everyone starts talking Ismail Salas do you hear about that? Oh, do you, I can't believe he went off it's the sort of things that you do you know when you you feel that your man is cracking a bit under pressure it's your job to step it's like being a dad yeah. you know your boy's getting some grief here you step in and you, you'll take the flag for him that's what you do as a coach um, that's all I see from it Salas is a cool cucumber he knows that he, he knows what he's doing um, and I think I think he's done that to take the edge away so the next couple of days people are talking about him rather than the fire so the next press conference oh will Salas go off on one again oh, oh. they're not talking about David A yeah. do you know what I mean so yeah it's, it's, it's clever in terms of Salas before we move on surprised that he walked away from Linares ahead of Linares biggest fight of his career he probably thinks that Linares ain't going to win so he's not in corner for a defeat, and he looks at David Hay, and he's got he's training all the camp. He's a he's a house coach, as far as I'm, I'm aware and what I believe. So he's getting paid well to do that job, and he's probably thinking, well, I don't want to hurt my reputation for losing. Yeah, so that's how, that's how I see it. I wasn't surprised at all when 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 you know I, I heard that news. Um, it just shows you. That's how it is. Well, Such is life. Again for yourself. I know after the first fight you'd have been happy for but oh. Anthony to hang up his gloves on that day. But uh, who's that? Someone getting excited. Um, you'd have been happy then for Tony to walk away. Yes, you, I would. Job have been, done. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so why were you yeah. again? Because because he just loves to fight. And do you know what? Ultimately, that's the bottom line. You've got one man who's here today, trying to coin in as much money as he can and hopefully get a bit of revenge and another man who loves to fight he can talk all he wants about oh I enjoyed that last fight oh it's a great war oh I, I, I love digging in and showing what I've got nah you did that against Fragamena years and years ago years ago so you knew that you could do that yeah. not love fighting you don't like getting punched in your pretty face and, and having your head rattled about you don't enjoy that sort of stuff Bellew on the other hand does I have to rein him in to stop him from going you know, he's, he, he'll fight, and that's why ultimately that's why he's here because he loves to fight. And um, I've always said, if it comes down to a fight, put your money on on Bellium. But the difference is in this fight is that, or in this time of life in his boxing career, Bellium's now got a boxing brain. 
and he's 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 experienced and wise enough to know when to use it whereas before i'm not saying he didn't have a boxing brain before but he never used it and he'd just go hell for leather even as you know even even as recent as as the broodoff fight winning it comfortably doing what he's told winning it comfortably changes gets wobbled or gets caught with a big shot that, that make, makes a fight more difficult and then switches on gets back to his boxing but he's still switched off Makabu got a little bit giddy switched off didn't think about what coming away gets put on his arse switches back on since then he's more he's more on it you know he, he, the whole way through through sparring and everything now he, if he gets caught with a good shot in sparring it's like okay Whereas before, you get caught with a good shot in sparring, and it's, it's throwing everything at him. Do you know what I mean? And, and, it, and it goes it goes off on one. Now he, he, he understands, I'll get you back later. It's all right, I'll get you back later. And that, this is what I'm saying in this fight now, Hayes not just fighting a man that can fight, he's fighting a man that's got an intelligent boxing brain that can box. And I don't care what David A does, unless David A catches him with a shot, boom, that's it. He can put anybody out. But... Hayes' boxing IQ is not as great as what he thinks it is and what everybody else thinks it is. He's stylistically, he's always modelled himself on like a, a Roy Jones, but just in that style. It's not, it's not a case of, of he's doing it for this reason and doing that for that reason. He, 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 ultimately, if you look at through his, his fights as heavyweight champion and everything like that, he'd it, it, sling his shots in, you know? Um, John Ruiz is one of his better wins, but we we at the time as Alfred and Booth thought it was terrible, you know? Um, but... Ultimately, he just wants to knock people out, um, and and if he doesn't knock people out, then he struggles. If if he's in with somebody with a better boxing brain than him, and and he's never really fit apart from Klitschko. He fought Klitschko, and Klitschko's boxing brain, as well as his size, took him apart. Absolutely took him apart. Schooled him, and he was lost, and he didn't know what to do, and he didn't change. And and and, and this, when you're talking about gambling and throwing, rolling the dice, he didn't roll the dice in that fight. It was comfortable to lose. That's why it's all about money. It's not about his legacy and stuff like that. Because if if you're losing every round and you've got an opportunity that's not going to come again and you get embarrassed every round, nothing's working out where, and you can punch like he can punch, you just think, I'm going to gamble here. I'm just going to go. If I get knocked out, get knocked out. He never did that. I guarantee you, if Bellew's down on a fight, nine, ten rounds, and it comes to the last two rounds, He'll just swing everything at him, and if he gets knocked out, he gets knocked out. It's the difference. Businessman and fire. Yeah. That's what you got. Does that worry you moving forward in terms of the fighter being in your corner? Because what does come next? When does it end? Well, you I'm, can make the decision with Tony Bellew to say, that's enough now. Um, the, the difficult thing is, with Bellew, yeah, but the difficult thing is, is he's actually getting better each fight. And each camp is getting better, and, and I mean, he's getting better. His, his sparring, his, his brain, his tactical awareness, his stats for his physical side of things, everything's getting better. So I want him to retire because I felt as though he's got nothing else to prove. You've cracked it. You've skewed your family's well-being. You've won a world title. You've cracked it. Done. Walk away. You don't need to box. Not because I'm spotting he's not pulling trigger. He's getting it with shots that he never used to get it with. Is, is physically declining if that's the case then I will tell him and I'll say because I've done it with other fighters before um, and I will tell him that's it done walk away and if and if he didn't walk away then 
I would walk away because I would feel that that's that's my job and that I've done it before and I'll do it again. I, I'll always do that because um, ultimately he's my mate and so I wouldn't let him. I wouldn't let him fight on when I start seeing that decline. But he's not declining. He's, he's getting. I, I genuinely, I genuinely, I know my heart. He's getting better every camp. So that's where it's the. Is he going to walk away? It's only he'll only walk away if he just says, Do "You know what? I can't be asked with camp anymore. I can't. I can't be bothered with putting it work anymore." Right? Okay, walk away. But if while he still wants to fight, as he is right now, it can still go. So we'll see. Where does the conversation go Monday morning? Um, the cruiserweight are tied up, but there will be ultimately let's, one listen, cruiserweight champion. Let's, let's see what happens Saturday night. I'm not talking about contracts on tables these days, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah, what f- I want to see that. <laughs> but you want uh, my Reebok tracksuit no, with value no, on the side? No, 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 no. Uh, that UFC, that's that's brutal stuff. That is. Oh, forget that. Um, don't get me wrong. If he manages to stand up bit, then fair enough. And and he can actually. He's quite good at grappling, to be honest. Um, but um, that's when he stood up. I've not seen. I've not seen him on floor. So I, don't, I don't. I can't really count for that. Um, no, that's that's different kettle of fish. That is. But. Um, no, I, I don't want to talk about what, what we're going to talk about Monday. I want to see what happens Saturday. Um, I want him to go out there and, and do what he's been working on, perform, put David Hay to bed, um, and then we'll, we'll celebrate. Is that what Saturday does, puts David Hay's career to bed? Uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not in a position to say what he does with his career, but as far as, as a, um, a name and a commodity in the world of heavyweight boxing, yeah. If he gets beat twice off of Tony Bellew, the fat scouser, who's not very good, then how can he claim that he's going to fight for a world heavyweight title? He can't. So, you know, it's, that's, that's what it, it puts to bed his ambitions of fighting for a world heavyweight title. Before I let you go, I've got to ask you about my prospect of the year, 2018. The one and only Jordan Gill fights on Saturday as well. Have you got Man, an opponent yet? He's, um, we've, got, we've narrowed it down to two. Um, basic, no, no, basically, the... The Brits that were asked for, none of them have said yes. Um, it was always going to be a little six-rounder. So because I've got because I've got Bellew on, I don't. He's going to be on. It's like before we, 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 when Pricey box on me. It's just early doors. Get him on. That's it. It's just to keep Jordan active. Um, but um, I'm hoping for an opponent confirmed in the next 24 hours. Uh, he's good, mate. He's good. I've had he's sparred Josh Warrington, uh, Jamie McDonald, um, obviously Gav. He's, sparred, he's been sparring good fighters. He's good. He's very good. And all all I need him to be done with is to be looked after right on on Eddie's side of things. You know the right fights. You know keeping him active, and his potential is is phenomenal. He's very good. Um, Sky loved him from the Cunningham fight. Um, and he's only grown as a fighter since then. You can see it. I've, I'm, what, what I do with him, he's great because I can ask him to work on this, work on that. Right, I want you to study this fighter. I want you to study that fighter. And then I see it in the gym. I see him what he's doing. And I see him doing it in sparring, trying what I'm asking him to do. So he's he's very good, you know. And, and like his inside fight and things like that. Um, I've got him working on that and nullifying people on the inside. and Because ultimately, you're a slick mover, you're sharp people want to get on top of you and get on inside this kid can fight on inside and he's, he's very good mate he's very good yeah and then after after this weekend's out the way full steam for Japan never yeah. steps it never but stops for you basically the day after the plan is the day after um, <laughs> the day after Bellew's fight I, uh, I fly out 
with a hangover to where? Uh, we're going to do two weeks in Dubai. Yeah. And then a week in Japan because there's no way I'm spending three weeks in Japan no. with JMA with the food and the lifestyle and everything. It's too much, too much stress. So, um, but it's basically the day after. So I'm a bit gutted about that because I don't like being away from home. Um, so I'm going to be basically with with the purely down to acclimatising for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because no, 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 no. Because no, no, no. That's not him. Um, so uh, yeah, it's all about acclimatising these time zones and things like that. Um, so yeah, so all in all, I'll be away for three days short or a month, um, which I'm not looking forward to. To me, yeah, it's a tough. Oh mate, listen, it's a tough fight. But you know what? <laughs> We're looking for we. Everyone, th- it's, it's, these are the kind of fights that I love because everybody thinks that either you're talking rubbish and you're just coming out with some flannel trying to convince people, or you're nuts. Well, call me nuts. But we believe we're going to win, you know. And and most importantly, Jamie believes he's going to win. I 100% believe that he's going to win. Honestly, honestly, he is just. Do you know the fact that he doesn't know anything about boxing and about other fighters? It works for him because these kids, these no, listen, these kids these days, even your 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 one and zero, two and zero kids prospects, you tell them, oh, you boxing so and so and so, they go on box rec. Oh, he's had 30 fights. Yeah, but he's lost 25 of them. Oh yeah, but he's he's, he's a more experienced. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but he's lost twenty five out of his thirty fights, and he's been stopped ten times. Yeah, but he's had thirty fights. You don't get none of that with Jamie McDonald because he doesn't know his We're fighting. Going to Japan to fight a new age. Yeah, Uzi. yeah, Uzi. <laughs> and 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 uh, it was only it was only last year when he walked into the gym and he just went and he said something like, "Hey, I was watching a bit of that Sugar Ray Leonard. He's not bad, is he? But that's what you've got. Unreal. You know, you've got." You, you're talking about one of the greatest fighters ever lived and he's not bad is he because he didn't know him he didn't know him that works for him because he doesn't have that fear factor so what I'm saying is every, you look at everyone who knows his fights every man that's got in the ring look on his face look in his body language look in his oh, way he boxes he look, yeah, he yeah. looks as, he, they look scared they look like they're, they're just counting down clock they're trying to run that clock down and they look like I'm going to give it a go as soon as he gets out they think oh, can't do this right and no he's never fought a man that's got in the ring I don't know about his amateurs but in the pros he's never fought a man that's got in the ring looked across and thought I'm going to smash you to bits and that's Jamie McDonnell Jamie McDonnell has no fear of him whatsoever he understands that he's a monster and he can punch and stuff like that so he understands when I'm, when I'm saying to him about you can't force that shot can't force that shot he understands but his defence is really good and his inside defence is really really good and people don't give him credit for actually how tough he is he's, he's tough you need to be tough to beat in a way it's no good believing you're going to win and then first time you get it with a good shot you're going to go to pieces and think oh I can't do this that's not Jamie McDonnell he'll come back to corner after he gets it and yeah he can, put, he can punch a bit but he's not bothered yeah, yeah. and he'll go straight back at it and listen he's, he's got a phenomenal jab he's got a, you know he listens in the gym his boxing ability is fantastic and he can fight he can fight and he's tough. I'm telling you, he's going to win. I'm, I'm, I'm really confident he's going to win. And it's going to be one of the biggest shocks and the biggest wins of a, of a British fighter going abroad. I'm telling you. You know, because, you know, he's pound for pound number eight. You know? Um, and Jamie's just this little world champion from Doncaster that nobody knows about, nobody cares about, and people forget that's world champion. He's undefeated for 10 years. 
he's won it. He's won it all. He, I, you know, IBF belt never lost it. Ring. They stripped the WBO champion the night before we fought him, so he couldn't get the WBO titles. But he should have that as well. You know, he's he's a good fighter, mate. Dave Caldwell sounds supremely confident, and so he should be. He's got the A side going into. Bell you, hey, to this weekend. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Stick with us. Coming up next, the bomber, Tony Bell you. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Now, we've heard from everybody else. We've heard from David Day. We've heard from Dave Caldwell. We've got excited about Paul Butler's incredible chance at bantamweight, but now it's time for the main man himself, the bomber, Tony Bell you. First thing I wanted to ask him is, will his legacy be defined as the man who ended the career of David Hay. That might be the legacy for how people perceive me from the outside, but my legacy is just good and Park. So I, I, in my mind, I, I'm just remembered for the fella who fought at Goodison Park, that's all, and I'm happy with that. So for me, that David Hay is not even going to be talked about in my legacy. When I talk to my kids, when my career is over, uh, and my kids don't really, we don't talk about my career much, but... My kids mention David Day now, but I will just say the time I boxed at Goodison Park. So that's how my career, I feel, will be looked back upon. Well, it will be from my perspective. David Day is just, he's no more important of a factor than Nathan Cleverley was. He's just another former world champion who I've been. In regards to Goodison Park then? Uh, have you kind of resound yourself that your your career's hit its pinnacle? So what does that mean? Where are we now then? Are we coming down the mountain? Eh, uh, my career, the, the the highlight moments of my career, the defining moment was 100% Goodison Park. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter if I knock David Day clean out in 20 seconds in, in the rematch. It's never even going to get close to Goodison Park, Nick. It can't. It just, it just can't do because I'd built that moment up in my mind for my whole career. I was telling you when I was an amateur I was going to box Goodison Park and people used to laugh at me as well. So it just can't, it can't get any better. It, one thing I will say is, is it's been, since Goodison Park, it's been very tough to continue to motivate myself. So the first defence against Flores was tough, but the, the fear of losing drove me in that one because you'd be the biggest embarrassment in boxing to lose in your first defence. Uh, it really would. And then, you know, people underestimated BJ Flores. I didn't. He was dangerous, could bang as well. Uh, I'd only just pushed Bayvich Shumanov to a split decision. Uh, loss on points in his fight previously to me. So I understood that the fear of losing drives me. Uh but it, it is hard since Goodison, like, because, like I say, I've been to the top of the mountain and I've won. This fight now is about proving people wrong, but it's also been a chance to get away from the personal tragedies in my life. So that that's how I've looked at this fight. It's, it's just, it's got me away from home. It's given me time to be, have some time alone and try and put into perspective what's happened since last August, losing my brother-in-law. So it's given me time to get away from it, to be honest. At any stage since last August, did you start thinking, what am I doing this anymore? Why am I still doing this? Every week. Uh, that's the worst part, when you're just sitting there and you're on your own in the hotel and you're just sitting there thinking of our ash and then you just think, what am I still doing this for? This nonsense. I don't, I don't. And the worst thing is when you don't need it. But... I don't know, then I think to myself, I do actually need fighting. Because if, if I'm not fighting, what would I be doing with myself? There's only so many times I can go on the golf course 
I don't know what I'd do. I can hit a ball 300 yards. I'm clearing the driving range, no problem. My short game's getting a bit better, but I still haven't got a handicap. So, I mean, Ozzy thinks that I'm good enough to have a handicap, but I just lose my rag. It's no coincidence, that is it. And he laughs at me, so they all laugh at me, really, but... Like, one in five is a really good shot. Like, proper good shot. So, I don't know. I, 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 I'll once, once I've stopped this crazy business, I'll re- that'll be me focus. The golf. The golf and the houses. I've got to sort them out. I've got quite a few now. That I've just got to keep t- chipping away at them. In, in, in regards to the first fight, then, you put, you put Rachel and the boys on a flight over to Dubai. They'll be leaving the country again next week? Mm, probably. So I just don't like his, his demeanour and his frame of mind and the things he says. I find it alarming and he's definitely gonna come out with a clanger fight week. He'll come out he will he, he just he needs to try and mentally get me and he just can't do it. He learned that in the gloves are off the last time. When he said to me kids were gonna visit me in hospital, it, it got a reaction but it didn't because then we had to stop recording. I said to him, Oh get out, we'll do it right now and so he got the reaction he kinda wanted but then the next time he see me after the gloves are off for the first fight, it, it didn't have the effect he wanted, and he expected me to come into fight. We really riled up, came to Liverpool, insulted everybody here. Uh, but really, by him not getting to me, he just got to himself. Like he really, it kills him that he can't get to me. It really does it. It messes with him mentally. I just laugh at him. I, I find him funny, you know. How can you take any man seriously when he's been saying he's going to retire since he was thirty-one? The man's earned over 20 million quid. What are you still doing getting punched in the face, mate? Because he doesn't want to. He absolutely does not want to. And he doesn't. He has no intentions of trying to become world champion again. He has no intentions whatsoever. I just proved it by pulling himself out of the WBC rankings, the most prestigious belt in boxing, in my opinion, anyway. You know, he doesn't want no part of the WBC. He doesn't want no part of the WBC because he's got a big, dangerous champion in it called Deontay Wilder. Now... I've got no problem. I, I've said I'm not going to face Deontay Wilder, but I'm staying in the WBC rankings because you never know what can happen. And I'm happy to do whatever testing they want, but I don't understand for someone like him who says he doesn't fear any heavyweight in the world, who says he'll fight the biggest and the best ones, why pull out of the rankings then? It doesn't make any sense at all. But, you know, it is what it is. He probably doesn't want to give them his location because the location is probably the strip club. You said earlier that is, he's got a relationship with Al Heyman as well, so that fight could be made easily. Easy. He's got a very good relationship with Al Heyman, so it could very easily be made. I could have fought Deontay Wilder. Deontay was happy to fight me. He took one look at me, gave me a hug at Wembley when Joshua fought Klitschko, and he said, yeah, man, we can do business. I bet you he could. Put his arm around me, tickled his own face, his arm around my body that quick. He's about nine foot, and I'm talking about his wingspan, that is. He's massive, mate, so... Uh, I'm not in this... Don't get me wrong, it's all night well and good earning money, but there's no point in having all this money. And then you're sipping your steak through a straw. So, I'm honest. It amazes me how many fighters are just not honest. They just just tell the truth. He's too big. I don't need it in my life. But David wants to kid everyone and tell everyone lies. I'm interested in just... I'm, I'm back to become undisputed world champion. No, you're not. Stop lying, you clown. You're back to get a few quid. Easy and as quickly as possible. You just deemed that this was going to be a pushover. And it's worked out. He's not a pushover at all. So... He made a bad miscalculation, a bad error of judgment. That's what he made when he when he picked me to pick, to pick on. You made it clear earlier that you know there's two heavyweights out there. You wouldn't want any tangle with Joshua and and uh, and Wilder, of course. But but the one you didn't mention 
but has been talked about as Tyson Fury. Now, politically, that might look impossible now, but is it off the radar? It, do, it, it, it does, but he's vulnerable, isn't he? He's had a lot of time out the ring. Listen, if he was in a, if it was the Tyson Fury that turned up to Dusseldorf, I'm not going anywhere near him. You know, I'll be honest, it's no fight for me. But if you're talking about the Tyson Fury, he's been out the ring for two, nearly three years, and has lost seven stone, I'll have a piece of him. I do what I do, you know. Boxing is all about timing. And and now would be a perfectly good time to face Tyson Fury. It it would work in my advantage. Why wouldn't I use that? It's like when Muhammad Ali come out of incarceration of because he wouldn't go in the U.S. Army, and then people want to face him when he's just come out. I think he faced Joe Frazier in one of his first. I think it was his first fight back. He goes in for the heavyweight championship of the world. Did anyone say anything then? He'd been how long was Muhammad Ali out the ring? Was it a year or two? It was two years out. He took his prime years out of his career. Then he has to come back against Joe Frazier, and he lost basically because of inactivity. Well, me, I'm not saying he's that Muhammad Ali. I'm not saying I'm Joe Frazier. But what I'm saying is, timing is everything in boxing, and the, the the time would be right. I could defeat Tyson Fury. No two ways about it. Could I defeat him if he had three or four warm-up fights? Probably not. No, but I'm not ashamed to say it. So that Tyson, if you want to dance, mate, I'm defo game. I'll be your first opponent back. Happy days. But if you want to give me a call back after you've had two or three fights, then uh, you won't get an answer on the phone. It'll just be you go to voicemail. Simple as that. You know, after what you went through last year, what the family went through last year, you know, it, it makes sense to go again. It makes sense for your legacy to go again, to, to put to bed all the stories, you know, the injury and everything else, and, and to get a definitive victory. But from where you've been last year, the roller coaster you've all been on, wouldn't this not be the perfect way to finish? Will it be a definitive victory, though? Because when I beat him, I'll tell you now what the media and what the people will say is, ah, uh, David A's past it. So I'm tell I'm gonna I'm gonna predict again what they say. Just, he beat an old David A. Not like David A looks frightening in the gym, seeing all his muscles popping out on YouTube again, or seeing the veins popping out of his neck. It'll just be Tony Bell used beating old David A. So it doesn't really bother me. I, I'm not fighting for people's uh, recognition. I, I just I fight to prove them wrong that I can do it. That I'm that I'm. Do you know what I fight to prove that I'm better than 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 I believe I am. So, so yourself. all the time, yeah. I just want to prove to people, look, I am, I am good. I can do it, uh, and I've always proved to do that to prove. Because I've always spoken it and said I'm going to be world champion. I've always talked the shite, and even to me friends, me closest friends, I've grown. I've always said, yeah, I am world class. I am this. I am that. And, and I suppose I've proven it now, but I'm still trying to prove it. You know, and by beating David A, it kind of proves it. Yeah, kind of proves it. Beating a, yeah, to to me to a certain extent, but I don't. How far do can I take it? I don't know. I wish it would have been Joseph Parker. That would have been something else because I know I could have beat him. Would Just, that have been the perfect finish for you? Yeah, that, that would have been the walk off. That would have been. I'm not even a fan of the WBO really because of how I see the yeah how I would have last of the party and then I would see the title get get treated and stuff. But and then I would see. Like un unranked fighters fighting for it and stuff, so I'm not really a big fan of it. But it just would have been a nice way to part with the sport, different world title in a division no one dreamed possible. Uh, it's crazy, mate. Absolutely nuts. Is there the possibility you'll keep going too long that you can't walk away because you love fighting so much? I love fighting, but I, that will never happen. Boxing, I will retire from boxing. Boxing will never retire me. That's the one thing. That I was always adamant on when I started boxing. So uh, I know the end's not far. I just don't know when. I, I I don't know. I'm open, mate. I'd love nothing more than him to beat the fight out of me. 
on May the 5th. Just, just, I take so much punishment that I just go, I've had enough. I'd love that to happen. Uh, hopefully, you know, I'll still win, but I just, I'd love him to, I'd love to take enough stick in this fight for the fight to be beaten out of me. And then I just, because I, I do believe I'll know. Like, I, after the last fight, I wanted to fight again on the Monday. Mm. I said to Eddie, can we do a fast, a quick fight? And he was like, no, the rematch is massive now. It's, it's absolutely huge. And I was like, nah, lad. Just can we have another fight against someone else? And he was just like, no, 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 no. And that's the business. I think that's where they need control. Uh, if I'll know on Sunday, won't I, when I wake up and will go, I want to fight again. Hopefully I'll wake up and go, that was all right. Standing across from a man that probably should have had that conversation with himself in the mirror. Does that, does that scare you that after all he's achieved and all the money he's earned that he's still coming back? He doesn't need it. No. Yeah, but he does. He does because of the lifestyle that he wants to live. I, I don't live a flash lifestyle. I don't drive a Bentley. Uh, I, like a, I like a nice watch. I like nice shoes. Well, some define them as nice shoes. Some define them as terrible. I like a nice pair of trainees. I like, a, I like, I like nice clothes. And I like a, a decent kettle. Uh, so, you know... Yeah, a watch. Yeah, so you know, I just like little things in life. The little, the night, the little, the little things that are nice. I like. Uh, I love being able to go to golf shop and buy loads of stupid things that I don't need, and I don't have to look at the price and think, "I'm changing the price tag on this to something else." All again, no idea. Yeah, I love. I love being able to like go to to JD, and not look at price tags. It's boss. Uh, I love going to flannels but I do look at the price tags in there and I do say no even now uh, I like little things like that they, they're the things Nick that I never dreamed I thought to be possible to do I'd be able to walk into a nice clothes shop like flannels and look at price tags if I really wanted to I wouldn't have to in that aspect of life I feel like I've won I can look and, and look at nice things and buy things but then I'll be honest mate that only lasts for so long my real true happiness and my, the, my real successes in life or what I've achieved at home that's that's me greatest success that's what i'm most proud of myself for it's nice to be able to buy things it's nice to be able to wake up the day after boxing day and go we're going away we're going to florida for, for two weeks we're going away to disneyland but not even planning it that they are look they are things that I, I can't thank whoever it is enough that i'm able to do them things they're to me the things that mean the most it's not driving flash car or owning a palace of a house I live in a street in a normal street the same as everyone else with normal neighbours either side of me she drives a nice car I drive an Audi A7 mate I'm happy with what I've got to me what I've got in the house is far greater than anything that I've achieved in boxing than anything I own anything I've got I'm just happy I've never I've never realised how much happiness how important it is to be just happy in your general day to day life than I have now like I'm, I'm very happy with I adore my missus I'm not the perfect fella I'm far from it I've got flaws like everyone else I'm not the best father but I'm very happy with the life I've got I'm I'm very very happy don't get me wrong the the, the disaster that we had that last August losing my brother-in-law that was very very hard and it's still hard for us every single day but it still doesn't deter when I have moments in my life and I go you know what I'm really happy I'm really happy we, we just live a lovely life, me and Rachel. We just we've got a boss little life. I look at where we've come from, what we've got. Just go to where I'm from and show me a success story. And mate, you've you've seen one in the flesh in me. So I'm very happy with how things have worked out, how it's done. Fighting is just a very small part of my career and it'll soon be over. The real things that matter in my life and my career is in the house and they're the things I'm proud of.
Tony Bellew there, family man to the end. The whole city's behind him. Listen, most of the country's behind him as well. We're looking for repeat Saturday night. You've been listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Stick with us across social media all weekend. I'll be down in London at the O2 all weekend covering the fight. You can catch us at at Fight Disciples across social media and on fightdisciples.com. And if you can't stick with us there, then come back here next week, next Tuesday, and we'll be getting all excited about all the action that went down at the O2 Arena on Saturday. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.